We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores, the games every day. Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? I'm not going to do the whole intro. We just got done watching that game. Before we start, Mike's <laughs> Mike's covering the game, so it's just me and D. Like like the old days, I can't wait to hear Mike's perspective on an instant classic. The Lakers come back to beat the Golden State Warriors on a LeBron James three, a one-eyed LeBron James three over Steph Curry, a script that only Adam Silver could have written in a play-in game to clinch the seventh seed. We are finally in the playoffs, but boy, was it a ride to get there. This was one of those games, man. I was thinking even from early on, it reminded me so much of game seven in 2010 against the Celtics. Now there are certain elements of it that could never be that right. It's the finals. It's the Celtics. It's a game seven, but I'm talking about the flow of the game, how it happened. We were shooting like 24% from the field pretty deep into the second quarter. Our three best scorers were two for 21 from the field at some point. Let's go. Let's go in chronological order uh, on this roller coaster, man. The start of that freaking game. I was afraid. This is exactly what I was afraid of was that type of start. And I didn't know how long it would last. But that jump for, uh, in intensity from the types of games we've been playing, because Golden State's been playing important games for a while now. Yes. And they're sharp. We are not sharp. So that start was exactly what I was worrying about a couple of pods ago when we did the How Confident Are You pod. It's not a matter of the talent of this team, but we're going. I'd made an analogy to playing Tetris or 
if you've ever played the game Guitar Hero, or I don't know if you've ever seen someone play the really complicated levels, and it's like flying by. It's it's that. It's the speed. And LeBron even spoke to this in the post game that they weren't used to the speed of that. Whereas Golden State's been playing level ten te- Tetris to the best of their abilities for a while now. And man, did they take it to us at the beginning of that game? It was reminiscent a little bit of the Portland game game one of the portland series in the playoffs last year remember portland had been yes yes they'd been basically playing elimination games the entire bubble oh this is such a good comparison yes like they had been they had been battling and and had been down so many guys and they really had to play their best basketball that entire time just to make the eighth seed. And it was that level that they were playing at in comparison to the low level and low stakes games that the Lakers had been playing in that sort of had a lot of people talking, you know, Blazers are the best eighth seed there's ever been. And, and the, and they could in theory beat the Lakers. And I didn't truthfully, I didn't give that, enough merit coming into this game um i had i had thought you know just a week ago we had seen sort of high level play from anthony davis and we had sort of seen lebron look good comparatively physically to where he was from when he came back the first time before he took those those extra games games off so Personally, I didn't see this starting this this way, right? Like this clunky. I did not expect that from them. But the Warriors were in their rhythm and the Lakers looked like they had zero flow and not a lot of uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and not a lot of understanding on how they wanted to attack a team that was playing that exact style. Bro, we still don't. The three that LeBron hit, we'll get to this later, but I, you know the play that we ran when, and we try it twice on the play, we ran a pick and roll with KCP as the ball screener for LeBron. Yeah. KCP rolled as the short roller. We have not run that fucking play once this season. If, I mean, if it's more than five times, I'd be shocked. Not with KCP. No, he's a pop guy. What is KCP doing on the short roll? Right. And so he gets stuck and is like, oh, what am I doing? Because what are you expecting KCP to do on this play? And then he kicks it out and LeBron hits the one eyed three. Anyway, it just speaks to that idea of like, what are our go to plays when yeah. we really need a bucket down the stretch? It's that, you know, and that's not that's a, more of a matter of the lack of familiarity and cohesion. We've talked so much about that, yeah. but I don't think that it's been difficult to make it tangible why and where that matters. And it still does. We're not out of these woods by uh, any means. No, 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 no. Right. The, and, and, but the, it's nice to not have to lose one game or two games and then yes. th- to be beyond those stakes. Let's, let's dive back in. Yeah. The sorry. Specifics of this matchup because I thought, Golden State's game plan at the beginning was super smart in terms of how they were leveraging their defensive talent against the Lakers. What did you see? What did you see there? Just Draymond being so aggressive against AD 
everywhere he went on the floor, he was just in his jersey, right? And Wiggins was the same way with LeBron. And it turned the game in and then and then they 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 put Bazemore on Schroeder to put size on him, right? And so they basically said your three attack players are going to go up against matchups that we think are the best for them. And in theory are Wiggins has been Wiggins is a strong athletic defensive player and he's had a really good defensive season all year. And Draymond could have easily won defensive player of, of the year this season, but I, like Gobert is probably going, going to win, but it would not surprise me if Draymond plays a second there, even above Ben Simmons. And Schroeder is the type of guy that if you put rangy size on him, those are the types of guys that can give give him problems. And so did it surprise me to the level that the Lakers struggled in terms of those three three guys? It totally did. But I thought Golden State leveraged their strengths the best that they could against the Lakers and the Lakers clearly were not ready to play at the level in which the Warriors presented them. This is part of the reason why the Warriors were so dangerous. They're champions. They have won at the highest levels of basketball. Steve Kerr has, has schemed at the highest level. Steph, Kerr, uh, Steph Curry, Draymond, even a guy like Kevon Looney. It's Basketball is so different when it's played desperately. And in a season where really we've just been trying to survive it, as a lot of teams were over the course of this regular season, to go up against a team with championship level experience that is already in a flow, already in a rhythm and been playing desperately for a while now. It was a really, I, I was nervous, man. That, this was a, a nerve wracking combination. And all of that said, man, if we hit some open freaking shots, we would have been up in the first half, even with as badly as we played. And so, so all of that strategy, all of the, yeah, we're going to put this guy on him and size on Schroeder and this and that, they were so collapsed into the paint in that game. And we just couldn't make a shot. Well, the thing was, is that it was our, it was the best players who couldn't make a shot. Right. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was KCP hitting two early threes that kept the Lakers connected. And then Caruso came in and he hit a big three to keep the Lakers in it. Right. And so you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, man, bra and Mike is texting us and he's like, he's like, Dennis, Braun, and AD are two for 17. Right. Mm-hmm. And and then it was two for 21. And mm-hmm. then it now, was like three for 24. That was me on that tracker, by the way. I, I don't want to put that on Mike. That was me given given the updates there. Cause yeah, it was just like, holy crap. At one point they were under 10%. 10%. But it, but you look at the scoreboard and it's like, oh, Golden State's up nine. They're up mm-hmm. seven. Right. It wasn't like, insurmountable. They're up five. And mm-hmm. so talk to me then. The reason why it's like that is because as hot as the Warriors started, right? And the like, I think they started the game four for five and mm-hmm. Curry hadn't even taken a shot yet. But talk to me what you saw. Talk to me about what you saw defensively from the Lakers because what was the final score into this game, man? 103, 100, mm-hmm. right? And Steph had 37 points, 39 points. 
Is that what he ended up with? Yeah. I don't even. He he was high thirties or forty, right? He was mm-hmm. right there. So Steph's got almost forty, and the Warriors score a hundred. Mm-hmm. So what did you see from the Lakers defensively? How were they able to stay connected in this game? Because I thought it was, even though the Lakers weren't playing well offensively, I thought their defense was doing enough for long stretches. They let go of the rope a couple of times, but but and they didn't make as many inroads as I hoped they would have made, but most of that was offensive struggles and not defensive struggles to me. Maybe you saw it different, though. No, I actually think you're right. I think it was more... The reason why I'm kind of like, eh, I sort of agree with you, is it was more of a personnel thing. Like, Wes not playing in the first half. This is part of, that was like Vogel in a full series, all shrunk down into one game in terms of how he approaches rotations. Like, he's going to start that the way that he always does. And Drummond was fine in this in this game, right? Like, part of the reason Steph went off, Steph didn't score very much when Drummond was in the game. And when Drummond was out, they just targeted Dennis. Right. And and so the way that Steph got his points, he was pretty quiet in those starters types of shifts. But Wiggins was going over the top of us, powering through our wings, our guards, going over the top of Dennis, going over the top of KCP, winning athletic battles when Kuzma rotates over as a rim protector. Or even Caruso. And, he was or even Chris, it to, to Caruso, right? He, the, he was just too big for all of those guys. That's what I'm saying. And those are the types of guys. This is why I brought them up on the preview pod. Those types of guys, those wings that can go over the top of us, can power through. We're not that big. As for as big as we are in the front court, we're not that big on the guard slash more so wing. And so, yeah, Wiggins had a great game tonight. And that those types of adjustments, the putting Wes in, in particular, not playing Trez in the second half, not playing THT in the second half, those, you know, those, that meant a lot because in that first half, that lineup when Steph and Draymond are on the bench and you've got LeBron in the game, and you tread water, you play even with them over the course of five minutes. Those are the points of the game where you got to, that's got to be a plus eight, five, six minutes right there because they struggle to score. And so defensively, it all plays back into the same theme though, where not everybody was ready mentally for that jump. Yeah. And that on the defensive end shows up in rotations when the ball's swinging around like, if you put try to put yourself in the player's shoes and the ball's swinging around and you're thinking, okay, I got to close out to the wing. Now, okay, okay, the ball's, it's a ball screen now. We stopped them there. But so now the offense goes into our fix-its, which your fix-it is a ball screen usually. Yeah. And okay, now I'm the weak side help defender. And there are all these micro decisions and moments where we were just processing them slowly. So we were leaving guys open. But, so go ahead. Can I just say too that, that's exasperated by this type of offensive basketball the Warriors play because they are consistently putting sure. you into decisions on and off the ball. Exactly. Right? This is why this was a dangerous game is exactly the type of team that the Warriors are, despite the obvious size mismatches. Our advantages were, were obvious, but they're exactly the type of team that can take advantage of a team that doesn't have cohesion. It's Steph fighting to get open for a three or two guys rotating to one player, leaving another player all by themselves. But where the game flipped, man, was in the second half 
in and when that third quarter started, we had seven steals in the third quarter. This is the damn scrambling defense I've been talking about all year where we're putting ball pressure and we would be trapping Steph. They'd go into the short roll. Kuz would be dropping down or somebody would be dropping down from the wing on the cutter. We were locked in, man. I, last I saw, we'd turned them over, I think, 14 times. It was at least 15 because of the last play that ended the game where they tried to inbound to Steph. But we turned them over a ton in the second half. And that is the exactly the style of play that I've been so fired up about with the starting lineup and how that can carry into the bench. Wes is a huge part of that. I understand why Mark didn't play in terms of chasing Steph around the perimeter is kind of a different animal than uh, – you wouldn't have to twist my arm too hard to say that he should have played. But Wes, the the defensive rotations, the ball pressure, the strength and tenacity, all of that, we needed that from Wes and Caruso, uh, all of those guys. That's And then LeBron and AD forced a ton of – Turnovers on the weak side, dropping down and getting steals. High hands at the point of attack, right? And yes. so Steph, Steph is bigger than you think, but he's not big, mm-hmm. right? So he's bigger than Dame, right? Right. Like, and he's not going to power like through you. He's not like a he's not a shoulder bump and create space and and rise up type of player either. He can do that against same size guys because he's bigger and stronger than you think. He is bigger than like even the 2016, 17 version of him that played mm-hmm. LeBron in those finals. He is like mm-hmm. his shoulders are wider. He's he's got more of that sort of grown man strength to, yeah, to him now. Mm-hmm. But but he's still not overly big, right? Like the everyone on the Lakers is basically Dennis is about his size, maybe a little bit like he's a little bit smaller, but Dennis has great length. But every other guard and wing player the Lakers have is bigger than Steph. And so I thought the the stretch of the game in the third quarter that you were describing, it was a lot of high hands at the point point of attack. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. they got a couple of deflections directly on Steph passes right that mm-hmm. those didn't turn into point of attack steals but they turned into loose balls that the lakers gobbled up and then they were high hands in passing lanes when steph was trying to throw skip passes rather than short roll stuff because i thought one thing the lakers were doing really well was when they were sharp in that third quarter they were quick to their first rotation on the short roll and then they were quick in reading Draymond's secondary pass either on the backdoor cut or the skip right mm-hmm. and and both LeBron and Kuz had big breakup passes on mm-hmm. bounce passes against back cuts off of the short roll and mm-hmm. that was that was them being locked in on. Yes, sir. That was KYP right there, Pete, because mm-hmm. those were not the shooters, right? Those, Yo, how did the third? How did the third quarter end? Do you remember how the third quarter ended? T- talk With Draymond to missing? No, it was just Draymond missing that. We were blitzing Steph. We're trapping him, and it ends with a wide open Draymond Green three, which he misses. And the third quarter is where we started the first half of the first part of that comeback and made most of our inroads. But that was indicative of that KYP. Know your personnel. That's right. If if that's Kavon Looney out there, 
you can cheat off of him more. This is all of the calculations that matter in the playoffs, especially is you've got this great player over here. How do I send more help toward him without burning myself in some other way for sending that help? And that means cheating off shooters and, and understanding who the guy is that you're guarding and what his strengths and weaknesses are. No, that's exactly right. And I thought the Lakers were as good as they could have been in the second half at exactly that. Right. And I thought Anthony Davis was great at that. I thought he was really good. And I think we'll get to this more in the second half of of the pod, because I want to highlight some of the really strong individual performances like that we've sort of mentioned, but really dive into those. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Those guys specifically, Caruso, Wes, um, and AD second half. But I thought the way that AD was hedging high and then getting back to Draymond and not allowing that driving lane, I thought that was so important to the Lakers defense. Let's take a quick break. When I come back, I want you to tell us the story of AD's game today because I think it's a fascinating one. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com backslash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. AD was killing me this game. He was just killing me. 
bro. He was not only was he missing open shots. We were posting him up entirely too much. I uh, we are on our great Warriors pod on the Blue Wire podcast network, the Light Years pod. I did a, an episode with Sam, and I was telling him every time we post up, that's a win for you guys in this picket. And of course, the first play of the game, we run our. Same old cross screen play that we always run, and of course the Warriors had it scouted, and so they're they're front, you know, they're not not letting us set the screen. AD has to go around. It's what like a twenty foot post up AD on Draymond. That's a win, even if the ball goes in. That's a win for Golden State. That's how they will win this type of game over the course of of a lot of possessions. So he wasn't he wasn't effective with his post ups, and I'm concerned about that going forward for a different time. But even on his defensive rotations, it was shades of those first few games back where I was like, yo, this dude, I know he's the best defensive player in the world when he's right. This guy is like a second and a half behind on his defensive rotations. Steph knocked down a couple of threes where AD blew his assignment and you know didn't get a hand up. Dennis had a couple of closeouts where he had his arms down. That was driving me crazy. LeBron had one. Anyway, talk to me about where AD started that game oh, and then man. the journey to him finishing because he's a big reason why we won. You're talking about AD was killing you. So, you know, I live in the Bay Area. My wife's a Warriors fan. And, you know, I've slowly sort of converted my kids, right? So, <laughs> look, when they were really little, the Warriors were the best team in the league. Sure. Right. Hard to compete. And so it was all Warriors all all of the time. There was no beating that back. Like I could I'm not saying that I'm a, the best father in the world, but I'm trying to sway them in sure. the right directions. Right. And so even even if they're rooting for the Warriors, they're still rooting against the Celtics. Right. Yes. So so yes. so I'm raising you find, you them. pick your spots. You yes. pick your spots to make I, I, I dig it. Yeah. M- making my inroads <laughs> where I could make my inroads. Right. And and so the first half, I'm just I'm just cussing up a storm, right? My oh, wife, my, my wife is tapping me on my leg, and she's just like, "The girls are right here <laughs> watching this game, <laughs> right?" She's like, "You gotta like you gotta chill," and I was just like, "Oh man!" Like meanwhile, I know she's happy because she's she's trying to hold it back. Right, because she sure. she could see how upset she could see she's how upset I am. <laughs> There's so. a lot of dynamics she has to manage in in this moment. Yes. So I am not happy, and ninety <laughs> percent of my ire is directed at Anthony Davis. Yeah, really, right? Yeah. Maybe not that high. That's a high number, but but a lot of it is like sure. like the general malaise of the team. But AD signified that really Very in, much so. in that first half. He was not engaged. And I thought one of the things you could tell that things snowballed on him fairly early. And he started to not only, he was not only playing against the Warriors, he was playing against the referees. Right. And I thought that first, that early pick and roll that he ran with LeBron, pocket pass, right. AD come rolling down the left lane line goes up Draymond goes vertical on him AD misses a shot just clinks it right off of the backboard he's already arguing with the refs at that point and you could tell that he's fighting a dual battle now 
Oh, it's Mike. Mike, are you at Staples right now? Sorry. I'm at Staples. I am. Uh, I've got ten minutes. The the goat Alex Caruso is doing post game. Then I will hop off. Then I will hop back on. Uh, what did I miss in the fire show here, Darius? We will pick back up on that thought. I want to hear your thoughts, man. We know we only got you for a little bit, man. That fucking game. Talk to me. No. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I need to hear your thoughts. Okay. I I am a. I, I no, need no, to no. Your, then listen to the yeah. podcast tomorrow, Dick. You've only okay. got ten minutes. <laughs> well, with I us. just Talk want to me. repeat. No, but then I'll come back. Okay. So, I mean, I think the the clear guys, the clear and obvious bottom line that all these guys have just talked about post game was a little bit what we had in our text chain and what you guys have probably covered. So they didn't come with that playoff intensity to start. Golden State has been playing like that for a couple of weeks now, and so they yes. came. They punched in the mouth, and AD wasn't ready for it, right? Draymond had him out on the perimeter, uh, negated him. LeBron wasn't quite ready to finish through contact like he was going to have to later on, right? So, like, that took some time uh, for them to get around to. And then, but still, it was the defense in the third quarter. They were swarming. Steph only got nine threes off, dude. He was incredible tonight. He only took nine Mm -hmm. threes. He's been averaging 17, and that was because they were in his shirt. The whole time, and that that's what I thought got the offense going. It wasn't the half court. Um, it was that. So basically, they once they got they got into that dynamic, ridiculous level of defense, and that got the offense going. The first half was just an effort energy thing. And Darius, you called it out in the, in the text chain. You said it's, it's about LeBron and AD. Look at their splits, first half, second half. I mean, it is a massive. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read them to you. Okay, so first half, second half splits, LeBron and AD. First half, three for 19, 11 points, 10 boards, five assists. Second half, 14 for 22, 36 points, 13 boards, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. So, I mean, that kind of tells you the game right there. And shout out to Caruso and Wes Matthews. I love seeing Mike right now. Let's get back to to AD because I was talking about just how frustrating it was to sort of see him thrown out, sort of like out on the perimeter and, 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 and just out of his game really mm-hmm. and he was impacted by Draymond he was impacted by the referees you could tell that he was not in the middle of the action in the way that you expect AD to be in the middle of the action and i thought Vogel did a smart thing in the first half with him by basically giving him a brief run as center Right. Like mm. it, it it was a very short stretch, but they gave him some minutes where it was Braun, A.D. I think it was Kuzma, Caruso. I, I felt like I felt like they didn't do that enough. No, they definitely didn't. But I was happy that they went to it because. Sure. Just because A.D. needs he's barely played any center this year pete Mm -hmm. like barely any minutes at all he's if if and i don't have the stats in front in front of me we're recording another pod tomorrow morning so i'll grab these for for tomorrow because i think it's going to be important against phoenix as well but he's played probably 90 percent of his minutes with with either drummond or mark or trez on the Mm -hmm. floor all season Right. Like and last year during the regular season, he played about 40 percent of his minutes at center 
And then in the playoffs, he played about 60% of his minutes at center. And this year, it's probably been 10 to 15% of his minutes have, have been at center. And he comes alive on both sides of the floor when he is in the middle of the frame, like figuratively and literally, and, right? And there's there's just much better spacing too, which is something our offense des- desperately needs. AD can space as power forward. It's not what he's best at, right? Right. But he can do it. And and look, the Lakers can play pick and roll basketball with Braun and Drummond and AD spacing to the corner, but then you're not getting the best of of Anthony Davis. And as the game progressed, like I sent you this text, man. I was like, look, AD's gonna need like he's gonna need to show up eventually, right? Yeah, like, it just needs to happen. And in the third quarter, the play that I thought Turn, turned it around was that block that he got on Draymond. On Draymond? Mm-hmm. I thought that was sort of the, that was the kickstart for him. I think that next possession down offensively, I think he got a dunk. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, right? a, that was one of those sequences where he's, he makes a great play on the defensive end and then he runs the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then look, they start the third quarter, First play lob for AD, right? Oh, or I'm sorry, that was the start of the fourth quarter quarter. But at that point, he was already in his flow. And then and they said it on the telecast too. Like he got a couple free throws, he got a couple dunks, offensive rebound, finish inside, and now the jumper starts to fall. Mm-hmm. He hit that 20-footer top of the key. He hit that big three, and it snowballed for him in the most positive way that it could snowball it's for, rhythm. for him. It's rhythm. Rhythm yes. starts showing up. A couple of plays in a row, it's like, okay, I'm in it. I am I am capable of playing that level 10 Tetris. I, right? I've sped myself up from two to three to four all the way up to being able to do that. And once he's there, that's when he's when one of the very best players in the world. The defense, though, Pete, yeah, the defense, what he was doing at the point of attack in all of these different actions, all of the things that trick other defensive teams, AD was snuffing that stuff out. And like the Steph kick, kick to Draymond, run for a handoff stuff. AD was there. That last final possession that forced the timeout, that Kerr, when you, you know, Lakers miss, Warriors are not going to call time, timeout, and they're just pushing, right? Open court action. And, but AD is there. Caruso is there. And they are just swarming defensively and ad's ability to sort of like contest high dip back into his stance and slide to contain and then raise back up and get on his toes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. use his height and length while not surrendering driving angles he got wide he got big and he was just shutting things down and Mm -hmm. mike's point about the way that the Lakers were limiting Steph's three-point attempts, right? That's a lot of that falls on 
on the bigs, you mentioned Drummond earlier, but in the second half, Drummond played a single shift, man. Mm-hmm. The re- AD played the whole fourth quarter. He damn near played the whole second half. But that type of guy who's really big and mobile on the perimeter, you have to have that against Steph, or it's a, it's a huge asset to be able to have that on the floor. But part of that, if you're being aggressive with your bigs up top, is guys on your back line. I thought LeBron was great defensively in the second half as well. Tell me a little bit about what you saw from him. I just thought his rotations and he has so much muscle memory against this Golden State team. Like not this version of the team, but the Curry Draymond the biggest guys. Of, right. The, right. And so the style of play that they play, LeBron is tied into that. He is locked in to that. So there's no player you would rather have on the backside of your defense to navigate all of those actions, all of those reads than than LeBron. He maybe had one defensive mistake, and that was the play where Curry relocated on him, and he closed out a little short and didn't get his hand up early enough, and Steph hit that three. And credit to Steph because he was so good. But I thought LeBron's rotations were early. I thought they were on point. I thought he played the passing lanes so well and was destructive as sort of that Ed Reed free safety type of player. We got so many steals. This is exactly what I've been dreaming of, man. Right. Is, is this type of defense in the second half. And and that was that was Caruso at the point of attack, hounding Steph. It was AD being secondary in that because of his assignment on Draymond. And it was LeBron lurking backside, right? Like a shadow just there. Always there, always knowing where the ball was going to go. And look, by the time the game was wearing down, I thought he looked a little tired. He didn't make every rotation the way that he needed to make it. But in the meat part of the game, the point where it's do or die time, the Lakers are either going to make a run that's going to be fueled by their defense and come back and make a game of this, or they're playing on Friday. That's right. Like, and... In those moments, LeBron came up huge defensively. AD came up huge defensively, and that spurred their offense. You know who else came up huge? We're we're rejoined by Mike. Mike, talk to me about Alex, man. He was unbelievable in this game on both ends of the floor. He was, I think, four for four in the first half. A big part of, I thought, the pace with which he played We've been talking a lot before you joined about that whole ramp up, the ability to go from the level of intensity we were playing at to a much higher level of intensity over a short period of time. And the guys who thrived the best for us and kept us in it are the guys who play at that level no matter what. Wes, uh, AC, KCP. KCP had that dip in the middle of the season, but KCP has been revved up for a minute. He's been playing at KCP speeds and and levels of of, uh, intensity. But AC, man, talk to me a bit about what you saw from him tonight. For sure. Uh, The the one thing I wanted to say about what Darius was just talking to, and then I promise I'll go back to AC. Please. Mm -hmm. So, So Steve Kerr yesterday after practice was talking about LeBron and his brilliance and everything. And he said, well, you know, one issue we have is that LeBron knows all of our stuff, knows all our sets. And especially because they're running a lot of the same stuff with Steph and Draymond in that Mm -hmm. small ball group. And that's, I thought we saw 
that especially happened when he was fully engaged in that second half uh, in that third quarter when they started to eat into the lead right away. So, like, the Warriors were expecting that, but, you know, it's tough to just change their whole thing that's been working against everyone else, but you can't get that out of LeBron's brain. Um, so I thought that was one thing that definitely deserved note. So as for Caruso, we just did, I'm, I'm at the arena still, um, and we just did the post game with him. And I asked him sort of, I, I was, I wanted to know if this kind of thing meant something more to him, just based, it, it goes back to his whole story, right? Um, he's undrafted, all that G League. Now, he, he, he got past a lot of that by starting game six of the freaking finals, right? But he mm-hmm. still isn't thought, he still isn't really mentioned as much. It's getting there, but as like a real player, you know, by the masses. Like, I think the insiders know yeah. it. Yeah, yo, Frank you know? Vogel knows he's a real player because when we needed no, to no, win no. that freaking game, it's, right? Well, yes. The, those but, who so, know, know. Exactly. Those who know, know. And, and so, so Caruso's response, though, and I, I was like, hey, does this, does this take any kind of meaning from that? He's so over that, guys. Like he's like, look, man. I love he said it. it again. He said it again, Pete. We got a really good. We got a. Like I told you last week, Mike. We got a really good ass team. Got and he a said good it again. ass team, Mike. Yes, sir. And All right. So he's so he's not. He's he's over thinking about. Oh, cool. This story from the Texas kid, and you know, right. so, so like he's like he's he he is just thinking about basketball and about winning. And he's tough as nails. He. I don't know if you can defend Curry much better than he did. Steph is so incredible that. Like, if you look at Steph's efficiency tonight, 12 for 23 with that kind of defense is stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. But, Bro, and it but Crusoe was and right Mike, in his shirt. Yeah, and Mike, that happened when Crusoe went out of the game. Crusoe was in the in the game for most of the fourth quarter. He sat, and we brought Dennis in, and that's when Steph started picking back up and really closing the gap. And he got a lot of his production against Dennis rather than Alex. Guys, Alex comes right back into the game, right? And they're still guarding Steph with Dennis. Yeah. They take Dennis out for Wes. First defensive possession back on Steph that Alex has. He reaches in, pokes turnover. the ball away, knocks, knocks it, off it right leg. off of his leg, forces mm-hmm. a turn turnover. And yeah. it's one of 15 like, in the second half. This, Is that how many it was? Yeah, we were just talking 15, about that. 15 second half turnovers. Woo. Alex, I tweeted damn near every game, man. And like he is just a winning player. He is a winning basketball player. He makes winning plays and it's what he does. Right. And the, the play that he set up for AD on that dunk, right. Where ball was around the perimeter. I think LeBron was at the top and he swung it to Alex. Alex knew Alex Caught the ball, ripped through in one motion. Catch, ripped through, attack, right-hand drive, strong, right? He knew Draymond's right there. And he knows if he tries to act like he's just going to pass, Draymond is going to take it from him. It's what Draymond was doing to Dennis all night, like playing him, baiting him in to making the pass. AC elevates as if he's going to finish and then mm-hmm. wraps around AD monster dunk, right? And it's those little things, Mike, yeah. that he's doing on every possession that just matter. It, it's like, it's it really is the difference between winning and losing. 
Well, and the reason why they were attached also, so Caruso is five for five. You're typically, you would, you might expect a two for five from Caruso. Would that allowed LeBron, you know, to go one for nine or whatever in the first half? Like that, a lot, like that made up for it, right? Like, so KCP hitting the two threes sort of allows in a way um, Anthony Davis to have the first half that he had. So like those guys offensively kept him in. And what Caruso said after the game, he was a little bit, again, he had to, he kind of caught himself. He was like, the way they were defending me was borderline disrespect. And then he stopped because he was like, it wasn't disrespectful because <laughs> he gets it. But like they overloaded the same way that the Lakers overloaded the Steph in, uh, in like to Steph in the first half. And those guys started to come through Toscano Anderson and Baysmore, right? So Crusoe was like, he has to take that. He has to be aggressive. That's a difference between him this year and last year, guys. So that's one thing that bodes well for them, I think, moving forward is that Crusoe's past the point of being timid on that stuff. And Schroeder's yeah. got to get past the point of giving up open shots, uh, which he of not taking open shots, which he did tonight. The other thing to kick it back to you uh, on this, uh, Pete, like this was the best version that we thought could come out of a play-in game that I know a lot of people wanted to push aside and say, no, you don't want to be in the playing game. But the fact that this woke them up going yes. into game one to me this is, is massive. Exactly, and, exactly right? what we needed, Mike. This and, and is so exactly it, what we needed. And it could have been bad if they lost because then you got to play again on Friday. You got to play mm-hmm. game seven. You got Ja coming in. You got like that. I think the Lakers would have won the game, but too. then they would have been tired on Sunday. Right. Now it's like, mm-hmm. okay, hold on a second. Do you think, dude, imagine being Chris Paul watching this game, just being like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. right? don't, don't you think they're watching that? And they're thinking the best thing that could have possibly happened for them. A would have been golden state. Not look, golden state's playing great, but I, I definitely think they would have preferred golden state to come in there to a Lakers team that got revved up in the second half with a group of guys that had not ever gotten revved up together, at least to start. Now the group that finished to an extent had, but like that to me is, is of huge importance. The fact I knew this was this game was going to be a bumpy ride, and the fact that we won everything the way that we won exactly what you're talking about, playing a championship level team that's been playing intense basketball for several weeks, really that they punched us right in the mouth, Darius, to start that game. They punched us right in the mouth and said, "This." is what playoff caliber basketball is like. And we know that we've been through that in the past, but it's way different merging that car onto the freeway than it is just thinking about it. It's it's the, and so I am thrilled with how things went on this. Uh, We'd be remiss to not talk about LeBron before we wrap up though. His offensive night in particular the way he's figuring out what he can do while going through the same process no matter how many times you've gone through it before lebron can get back up to speed faster than other guys can but even he went through that transition process in that that first half while figuring out what can i do on my ankle what am i limited by we were talking earlier about how his defense was kind of rough in that first half and then it, it's, it flipped in that second half. He was able to get back up to speed. But offensively, Darius, talk to me about what you saw from him in terms – because it wasn't a great offensive game from him. It wasn't. Obviously, he hit the, the game winner, and that's an epic, memorable moment. But he spent a lot of that game just trying to figure out where he could attack. 
just quick note, Darius, quick note though, 10 assists to one turnover. Okay. That's like Oof. compared to Steph, three assists, six turnovers. So like that, that is one area that he was still great. No, the area, look, Braun sat for what? Two minutes in the fourth quarter and it, and the first possession that Braun went to the bench, Dennis committed another turnover and it like stuck out like a sore thumb because of how LeBron had been managing the game. And so I think that's a great point to make, Mike. And and we take – we always talk about LeBron's decision-making, and I don't think we take it for granted. But when it it when it's happening and in the moment, you sort of do take it for granted because you just sort of expect LeBron to be LeBron from that stand standpoint. And in that area, he delivered this game about as well as he could deliver. Pete, one of the things that I'm very interested in terms of LeBron finding his footing is I think he's still, this game looked to me almost like a, a I'm feeling it out with my health and my ankle and B I'm feeling it out with, yeah, you know what? This is like the fourth game I've played with this lineup. And how's it going to work with this many mouths to feed, right? Of, of like, yeah, Dennis, like, y- like you got to get it going here too. And Dennis was like, oh, for seven, right? And at some point I felt like Braun decided, you know what? Like, it's going to be me again mm-hmm. now. That's exactly what happened. That's right. exactly what happened. He's he's similar to Vogel oftentimes in terms of how he approaches games in that he'll kind of lay back at the beginning. I noticed he put his foot on the gas and got to the free throw line a few times in the first quarter that helped us stay close-ish yeah. where, I, where he was more aggressive and looking for his own shot. But he knows that the best version of us is the one where Dennis is clicking and KCP is hitting transition threes and AD is wrecking shop around the rim and a perimeter threat. And so he spent... He's managing that while managing the ankle, while managing the ramp up and intensity and all of that. And his decisions were fairly good. But the one thing I would say is I didn't think he was aggressive enough as a he scorer for he most wasn't. of that game. No, he wasn't. And especially early. And I think some of that was, oh, man, Wiggins just blocked my shot. Like, sure. Oh, man, like I couldn't finish through contact at the basket. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I got a drop step and this should be a layup. And he missed it long. And then he missed another bunny inside. Now there's size there and there's guys bothering him. Oh, JTA just blocked my layup, right? Going vertical on me. It was sort of like, I don't have it all physically. And what's going to happen now? And so, but he did go to the post. And then I thought the key sequence for him Pete was when Wiggins busted his ass on that sort of like, like fake spin and then turnaround jumper. And then Braun went right to the left block, right? Turn and face and said, Oh, you're not going to send help. I'm freaking LeBron James. I'm just going to rise up and I'm going to can this mid range jumper. And I thought when he hit that jumper, Yes. It sort of clicked for him like it's go time now. 
right? Like they got Wiggins on me. He is a good defender. They're trying to attack me in isolation on, on the other side of the floor. This ain't it. I'm, excuse my French, I'm fucking LeBron James, right? Like, like it's my turn. It's my turn to go. And I thought then sideline three and then the huge three to close the game. But I just thought like all the stuff that he started to do there was the level at which he needed to reach. And he was able to summon that, which I think is super important for the Lakers long term, but was crucial for this game. And Darius, you have skillfully brought us around to the whole point of this team and this union between LeBron and AD. Because the only other guy on the court that could have slowed LeBron in that kind of a setting, Draymond Green, he had to be occupied with Anthony Davis. <laughs> and you can't have your best guy on both of them. It, so it doesn't work like that. And if you go small because AD's at the five, that means you don't have Looney um, to, or whoever else. Not that he could, you know, he could guard them in the post like that. But you can always still go to those guys on the low block. That, that can always be a thing if everything else is, is, is just not working. And they can always get something good out of that, Pete. So meanwhile, at the other end, what does Golden State have to counter the aggressive play and the trap of Steph Curry? Now, Steph can still do it sometimes. But like that's, just, that's why I think we've talked about the Clippers some. They've got two guys there who maybe could do it. Um, although I don't think George can stop either one of the Lakers' two guys in the post. But like that, to me, still is at its basic level. Um, the thing that the Lakers can always get. Uh, and, and then they're going to give it to you on the other end too. They can defend your two guys, right? Either one of them. So that, that to me, it's the whole story of the squad. I think we're still writing a lot of the story of this particular squad. The two talents on the court at the same time are 100% true. And and the, the, the two talents on the court at the same time are absolutely the most important thing and hopefully what will end up winning the day, especially as we get ramped up in intensity to this caliber of basketball. Oh, sorry, Mike is walking through Staples right now and there's like the retired jerseys in the background. Oh, you see the court and it's just cool. I'm so, it's been so long. I can't wait to go back to Staples. Was it fun tonight before I closed the show and whatnot? What was the, what was the vibe just in the arena? No, ab- absolutely. It felt like it was back to normal, even though it wasn't oh, the full great. sellout. Like, yeah, it was it was great. So that's why I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to show Did you guys you- the banners here at LaCour a little bit. Thank you so much for that, man. Yeah, we see the banners, the retired jerseys. Uh, go ahead, D. No, Pete, I was just going to say, I think it's a great point to end on that the story of this team is still being written and yeah. that you have LeBron and AD, but it's going to take Caruso. It's going to take KCP. It's going to take Wes Matthews and where these guys fit in and their ability to sort of, of meld together as a group when they have not had the time that other teams have had to sort of foster all of that togetherness that is needed to win at the highest level. And that's that to me is the writing of that story. And they're going to have to sort of write on the fly, right? There's not going to be a first draft at a second draft. And, the, and then, oh, I'm going to send this off for notes and get edits, right? Like they're going to have to freestyle their way a little that's bit right. to, mm-hmm. to a championship. And if they're going to get there and, I think the road to doing that is simplifying things, 
running more ball screens than post-ups. I think that the calculus is a little different, especially in the Drummond lineups. And again, I thought Drummond was good tonight and a big part defensively of why we were able to come back and force all those turnovers in that third quarter. But if we're going to have him on the floor, then offensively, we really have to be more cognizant of our spacing. And I think that simplifying what we do, running more ball screens and, and rather than a lot of our a lot of our offensive actions take a good 10, 12 seconds to even develop to get it, this is something Stu complains about all the time is like we take so long to get the ball into the post to AD. And that building the connective tissue between the players in those actions and developing this is our go-to play when we are we need a bucket and it's tied at 100 with 35 seconds left of a must-win game. We're not like uh, KCP on the short roll. And then hopefully LeBron hits a one-eyed three to win the game. We need to know, like, now when we run this play, we're going to score almost every time. And that's the story that we're going to be writing. And so I hope tonight serves as a preview. This is not going to be last year, our playoff run, no matter how deep that it goes. We are not in the same place that we were as a team last year, even though our talent, I believe, is greater. How quickly we can write that story, how quickly we can find that connective tissue will determine not only how far we go, but how bumpy of a ride this is going to be. But this was an all-timer tonight, guys. This was a an instant classic NBA game. Super fun. I hope that not all of them are like that because I couldn't take it. But just uh, what a what a great night. Lakers win 103 to 100. We're going to have a Phoenix Suns preview coming up soon. Going to do another mailbag episode. But until then, you can listen to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires, it's good, and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left, Van Exel to win it, it's on the way, good! Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds, with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston, of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one. Miss it. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot popping out of five. Bryant. Yeah. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.